The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Whatever platform it is you are listening on, take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. That is how more people discover Media Noise and every show in the Barrett Sports Media Podcast Network. It is also how we get to keep making more shows. A quick note, this is going to be the last episode for the year. Uh, We're going to take some time off and then come back in the new year once everybody is back to work and more news is being made with more regularity in the industry. So we're going to tackle a big subject today. Now that Dan Dockage is out of local radio entirely, does it position OutKick to make a run and plant its flag in the sports radio world? We will get into that with Garrett Seawright coming up in just a moment. But first, I hope at least some of you got the chance to check out the piece I wrote on Wednesday. And really, I didn't write it. I edited it. I curated it. Uh, And I reached out and got contributions from former Around the Horn panelists and current Around the Horn panelists as well to talk about their experience with the show, what it means to them, what it has meant to ESPN and television in general. Bob Ryan was one of the guys that participated in that piece. And I heard him the same day that piece dropped, I heard him on with Dan Patrick. And he was reflecting on what Around the Horn was and what it meant to television And he made a good point that I hadn't really thought about until he said it, and that was 20 years ago. If you wanted daily debate on sports television, your only option was that 5 o'clock block on ESPN. First around the horn, followed by PTI. And now, two decades later, that is everything, not just on ESPN, but on sports television that is not live games. That debate model has seeped into literally everything, pregame shows, sports center, you name it. It has become so ubiquitous that when we try to do something different, a solo host throwing to clips, a solo host uh, bringing in a panel of people to tell stories, something like High Noon that was built on discussion rather than debate. It just feels so out of place that it never really has a chance to find an audience. So as we sit back and we celebrate and we marvel at the 20-year success of those two shows, because remember, PTI celebrated its 20th anniversary last year, I think one of the most lasting impacts is the fact that for better or for worse, Everything on sports television now is doing that sports radio on television model that started with PTI. Does America need another sports radio network? I don't know. Certainly, we all lived through that era where NBC Sports Radio was part of the mix, and it was very hard for five sports radio networks to survive, if you include SB Nation Radio at the time. But I'm bringing on Garrett Seawright today because Garrett wrote a great piece uh, sort of about making sense of Dan Dockich's exit from local radio earlier this week. And Garrett, that means now the exclusive whatever you want to call it, audio, radio, whatever, home of yeah. Dan Dockage is OutKick. OutKick already has OutKick 360, which they have put work into expanding its footprint. OutKick has a relationship with Skyview Network. So you add all of these factors together, 
And Garrett, is it possible OutKick is on the verge of really having the ammunition it needs to become a powerful sports radio network? It, it's a great question that I don't know that I have the answer to because I, I don't know that they would be able to get the scale maybe needed sure. to, to survive. And, and, and I guess there might be a difference between survive and thrive mm-hmm. to outkicks credit to clay Travis's credit. I don't know that they're, they do anything just cause they're bored. Like they're, they're not just like, ah, I think it would be cool to do this. There's definitely a strategy, a, everything they do is with a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I think radio plays into that purpose, but I don't know that it is or could be the sole focus going forward, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that Clay is, if not like a a pure radio guy, because remember, he started on the internet. If, right. Even if he's not a pure radio guy, he certainly has a soft spot for and has had a lot of success in radio. So I, I can't imagine that the idea would be absolutely poo-pooed in the OutKick headquarters. I mean, I think it is fair to say that given what they have created, uh, there at OutKick, given that now they have Fox Money backing them, um, the idea of OutKick continuing to continuing to expand what platforms it is in is not crazy. Oh no 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 no, no absolutely! I, I think um, they they are very much aware of hey these are the places these are the sandboxes that we would like to play in, mm-hmm. and they're and they're very much they know all right, we want to be a digital presence, YouTube, podcasts, the website. Um, and I think, you know, down the line, if a radio opportunity was to present itself, if somebody who said, hey, I want to start an upstart sports radio network, do you want to be our licensed we're going to license your brand and you're going to have some editorial content. They're not going to say no to that. I I don't think. So that then gets to the next question because you talked about, would they have the scale? Would they have the appeal of a ESPN or Fox um, that, you know, a, a radio station could feel comfortable that that is their anchor for when they do not have local programming on I think that it is not at all unfair to say that you have to take OutKick warts and all, depending on how you feel about the OutKick brand, no. right? I think they have, I mean, look at Dockage. Dockage very much blends sports and politics. Clay very much blends sports and politics, literally. Um, I think that there would be that consideration. But I also think that if you talk about what scale could be for an OutKick network, they probably aren't trying to get, or they probably would not delude themselves into thinking they are getting a ton of uh, a ton of affiliations in more liberal areas and something that is very hardcore conservative and sports related and built around a radio show that started in Nashville, Tennessee, and Dan Dockage, and thus could really live in that world of college sports. I think that Venn diagram is pretty. It's not a circle, but it's a close enough and big enough that it has some appeal and and that's the um i i i I don't know if dichotomy juxtaposition is the right word that for a very long time 
and I don't want to necessarily dive into this topic, but, but Clay Travis was the one who banged the drum of stick to sports. I, I watch sports to get away from politics, to get away from everyday life. And yet has created a sports brand centered around a political ideology. Yeah. Garrett, he's lying. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, everybody needs to stick to sports except for me, who I can interview the sitting president of the United States who I support. I don't want to necessarily dive into that because I'll spend 25 minutes talking about the malarkey, poppycock, whatever other words you want me to say other than bullshit that comes with that thought process. But I, I think if Outkick wanted to explore that, the easiest way is to start similar to how ESPN Radio started by partnering with conservative AM news talk radio stations that don't really have anything great after 7 p.m. And okay, they say, I'm glad you I'm glad you bring that up because I wonder if um, inadvertently Premier Fox Sports and Clay and Buck have already done this for them. I mean, Clay Travis yeah. made the move from Fox Sports Radio to taking over the Rush Limbaugh time slot and whatever you think of Clay as a quality broadcaster versus Rush Limbaugh, that is his time slot now. That is he, and he owns he, it and. Yeah, and he inherited a bunch of stations that, you know, Premier either dictated it go on or had a had a relationship with Premier and wanted to stay in the Premier family. I mean, you and I, I think, agree that, you know, Clay's political content is polar opposite of the way you and I feel politically. But I don't think you can look at him with or look at what he has accomplished with a straight face and say that he has not proven there is a market for it. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. I, I don't, I don't want to misconstrue that where, um, you know, like there's a lot of like, especially in that political sphere of, I don't like that guy. Why yeah. not? I just don't <laughs> like, right. I, no, I, I think there's absolutely a proof of concept in the idea. Uh, and there are, you know, I think, I think the barstool guys tell, you know, the story of, um, you know, Clay Travis had started telling people a couple of years ago, I'm going to create a conservative sports outlet. That's going to do really well. And he was right. Yeah. And there is a there is a market for it. And I you know I can't denigrate that there is a market for it. I I I just wonder if the hurdles to launching something like that that you would need the scale to be as big as it is. If the hurdles are too great for that, I, I don't know. But if there's anybody who can climb those hurdles, it's a guy who has a powerful relationship with the syndicator, the satellite provider, and has really high quality name recognition and frankly starting to build pretty decent brand recognition without kick. I think the other thing that works in Clay Travis's favor um, and, you know, outkick outkicks favor in general is, you know, long before people knew him as, uh, you know, the heir apparent to Rush Limbaugh, the right wing sports talk radio guy, like he was talking about sports betting long before it was legal anywhere other than the state of Nevada. He has very much planted his flag and thus OutKick has planted its flag in the sports betting space. That content is really important. I don't know, even as ESPN becomes more and more comfortable with it, same with Fox. I don't know that if I am operating a sports radio station, if I think of the mainstream brands as having go-to sports betting content. OutKick, it could every bit build itself around betting the way it could around that sort of overlap of conservative politics and sports. I was going to say that Venn diagram of people who don't want to be 
don't want the message softened for them. Yeah. You know, at the end of a football game, when the touchdown happens after the pitchy, pitchy woo woo happens and somebody falls on the on the ball in the end zone and the announcer goes, oh, somebody cared about the score. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nobody, nobody like everybody knows what the hell you're talking about, where yeah. outkick and, and Clay Travis, when he was talking about sports betting, wasn't a, you know, our friends in the desert. <laughs> he was saying, here's the spread. Here's the over under. Here's what I would do if I were you. Right. There, there was no softening. There was no poppycock malarkey bullshit it was this is what i'm talking about and i know and i'm talking about it because i know that you care about it i like that you found two different times to work in poppycock malarkey bullshit into this uh podcast it's it's underutilized if you can say malarkey a couple times a day you'll feel a lot better uh all right so you mentioned the original espn radio model and i think that is one of the things that uh, basically anybody that is not ESPN or Fox or CBS because they had the backing of Odyssey and uh, and Cumulus to do it. I think that's what they get wrong. I, I don't think you have to launch as a 24-hour network. And I think if OutKick found a third show and they could market exactly what Premier does on the conservative talk radio side of, you know, if, if your idea is local morning show, we've got you covered everything after – I think that is the way or I guess the most reasonable way to think they could find success. Yeah. And and I I think you start with that, you know, hey, we've got these signature shows that if by God, if Dan Pat or Dan Dockich wanted to be they wanted to do a syndicated radio show with Dan Dockich and hey, it's 12 to three or, you know, right now it's he's nine to 11 to 11. I mean, why not just make him nine to noon? Yeah. If you want to do a hey, a nine to noon or whatever. Yeah. There are going to be stations that sign up for that. I, you, yeah, I, I, you can't tell me that the Fox Sports Radio affiliate in Indianapolis doesn't go shit. I'm, yeah, I'm signing well, I up mean, for that. Listen, this is one of the things that you and I have talked about on this podcast before. Is you were running a station in a smaller market in Ohio, and you felt like CBS just basically didn't care that you didn't want to hear yeah. about New York sports all the time. You felt that way about ESPN at points. I do think that uh, there is a market that could, you know, whether it is already Fox affiliates or affiliates of other networks, whatever, that could look at it and say, we are not on the coasts on a Monday morning. NFL is important, but college football is more important that OutKick is talking to. I I wrote a, a column a few months ago um, about the Big Ten network and mm-hmm. how I shut it off after the Big Ten men's basketball tournament ends, and I will turn it back on when football season begins. And why hasn't the Big Ten network or any, any Big Ten media outlet created the Big Ten's version of Paul Feinbaum? Oh, this is it's, this is a whole podcast because I have a very distinct theory uh, on why no other conference could create their own. Well, Paul well and, and I was going to say in my story, I thought I, I basically deduced the reason that Big Ten Network hasn't created its own Paul Feinbaum is because Paul Feinbaum doesn't work outside of Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, like South yeah. Carolina. It, it just doesn't doesn't work like I mean, I as somebody say, as somebody that grew up in the prime fine ball and footprint uh other places have shit to do i mean that's it's right. that simple like, <laughs> no yeah like we we've, we've got bowling alleys and walmarts right. to go to no uh, it, it, it but you can't tell me that there isn't space for a a regional 
I, and I pitched this to ESPN radio at one point, And I realized that just a poppy, like poppycock malarkey bullshit yep. idea uh, three times now that, you know, why not have regional sports networks? Why oh, not listen, have I've regional had Southern, ESPN radio? I've had Southern program directors tell me before that something like what you and I are talking about with OutKick would be infinitely more valuable to them during the nighttime hours than whatever Fox or ESPN or CBS are feeding yeah. them right now. Like the, this market does exist. It is real. And the, and I realize that the startup costs and all that stuff that comes with that, you're, you're really going out on a limb there, but you can't tell me that that market doesn't exist. And if OutKick sees that and says, we'll try it, it's probably going to go well for them. Well, and th this is the other part, and this is where we'll, we'll end it. I, I think the other thing, too, is let's circle back to that crossover of sports and conservative politics where historically what has relied the most on radio as its medium to get the message out there it's conservative politics yeah. right like i don't think anybody at outkick or anybody that they would bring in associated with this would not be aware of that and would not know how to talk to that audience yeah you you know you know what you're like nobody goes to outkick or nobody um, talent wise is going there going, you know, I wonder what this place is about. Right. I wonder what their values are. I wonder, you, you know, so you know what, what you're getting in bed with and you know what your, what your expectations are and, going and, to be from your company and your listeners. And all of, all of these, uh, consultants, programmers, executives, whatever that talk about wanting to bring the TikTok model to radio. Like that's not, that, that's, no. they are two completely different things. That's what I mean by having the knowledge set to make this successful, there is a real understanding in conservative talk radio that like, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. That's stupid. Right. So yeah. I, I think that that is true of sports talk radio, or at least it could be. And I think it's a smarter starting place than trying to outthink, you know, the, the audience years of what they've told you they want and how they use the media. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the media noise podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.